Hey mamas and welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. Today I'm bringing you 10 strategies to managing the juggle. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. My name is Karina O'Brien, a fellow working parent trying to manage the juggle. Each week, we'll be looking at all things related to working parents with special guests and solo episodes to help you navigate the world of having children and a career. Well, well, episode 20, here we are. I know it's not like others that have got over 100, but hey, I started a little podcast in January and just to see where it goes because I believe that by having a podcast, I can reach more people and engage with more of you to support you uh, in the joys that parenthood brings and also then some of the complexities as well. It's not all sunshine and, and roses. We know that being able to have a career, still have some life and also being a mom and a parent it brings its own challenges. And each week uh, on the Working Mama social channels, I like to profile one working woman that actually tells their story because I believe in life that we learned through observation, through so much. And I even see that with my son now that a couple of weeks ago, he didn't know how to scoot. Um, he was a little bit not, a little bit over the shop with, with scooting. And then I got my husband a scooter for his birthday and my son instantaneously was on the scooter going along now he's Mr. Speedy Gonzalez but it's actually through observation and I think also in the way that we lead our lives and and also the way we go about parenting we pick up little bits and pieces from people that have been there before us so we can see yep definitely that what works for for them may work for you but also conversely if something that works for some people you may go that is not in my value set that I actually don't want to do that and that's perfectly okay everyone has their own rule book everyone has their own way of parenting and also it's really important that we acknowledge that with each other so for today's episode what I've done is actually collate a number of the strategies that the women I have interviewed each week use um, to support them in managing the juggle. So this week is 10 strategies to managing the juggle and I'll go through each of them, give you a short overview and hopefully it helps you get some ideas and inspiration for yourselves in managing the juggle. Now the first one, have a schedule and plan out the week. This is so important. Um, I'm not a big planner. Uh, I try and sort of take things as it comes, but I know that if it's not in the calendar, it's not on. So definitely having a schedule dedicated for both career and family allows you to be more present, focused and calm. You can be in the moment with what you are focused on. And also a big tip is having a shared diary or calendar and check it the night before so you know exactly what's in store for the next day. Some people also find it useful to have a clear plan for their week. This allows them to structure their days, put aside time for work and also for their family. Also important probably as well to know what kid needs to be dropped off at what school activity. Some people sit down on a Sunday night and review this with their partner, sync their calendars regarding the school runs, etc. 
And also, this importantly fosters good communication on the roles and responsibilities for the week ahead. So, for example, one parent might be doing drop-off on one particular day. Another one might need to be work, work late at night. So, they need to then uh, coordinate those drop-offs and pickups. Now, some options for shared calendars is about having a physical diary. Um, also, having a shared online calendar. I know that my husband and I, even before we had kids, use a Google calendar that's synced. Um, we now also have a shared email address. And this really helps with, with conversations around are we available or are we not? And allows us to, to make those empowered decisions because if it's not in the calendar, then it's definitely not happening. Also sending partner meeting requests. Yes, I have definitely been guilty of this, particularly if it's happening during work hours or just after work. So then they don't schedule a late client meeting or some other activity. And also what's handy, I know a lot of people find useful, is about having a calendar on, or on the fridge or the wall that's visual for the whole family. And this also really engages the kids uh, in actually also visually seeing what's happening as well. Number two, meal planning. At the start of the week, say for example on a Sunday, plan out your meals for each night, taking consideration of when you need a quick meal or an easy meal to help you for that day. You may also like to meal prep as many meals you can on the weekend, and then that allows you then for easy prep um, when you're going home um, in the midst of bath, bottle, bed chaos. Um, I know this is definitely handy for us in my household. An alternative definitely to all to bulk cook all the meals on the weekend and then bring them out as you need during the week. I highly recommend trying to have some frozen meals ready for the whole family on those nights that you just need something quick and easy or life just isn't going to plan. This is also a cheaper option than takeaway. An option many people love to have to help with meal preparation is the use of a slow cooker. As we speak, I have just put on the chicken dish for tonight in the slow cooker. You can meal prep the night before and put on the meal in the morning and come home to an amazing smelling meal. Also with meal prep, it also helps with um, doing a weekly shop on the weekend. Uh, also helps with budgeting and things. So there's also not just the organization aspect of it. There's also a financial impact in, um, in the meal planning as well. Number three, organization. Many mamas comment that organization is critical to managing the juggle. Here are some ideas to help you stay organized. Do a load of washing every night. Uh, then it allows you to dry in the morning. Ad hoc house cleaning during the week rather than having just one dedicated cleaning day. I also suggest if you can and afford it um, or want to put the budget aside, outsource as much as you can. Uh, I got a cleaner back last week and oh my goodness, it was such a mental load off both my husband and I um, in just making sure that we've got a base level of cleanliness. We still have to do cleaning, but it's just those dreaded bathrooms um, that we don't have to do. Also, it's good to remember with organization that a super sparkling clean house isn't everything. Prep the night before. This may include also getting the clothes ready, lunches, and, and also just even mentally preparing what you might need to do in the morning. Setting a timer for work. Uh, there's also something called the Pomodoro effect of time, time technique, where you can set a time for, say, 25 minutes, then you've got five minutes break, and that's what you can then do for a few hours to really also help with your productivity. Pack bags, uh, particularly school bags or the childcare bags for the next day. 
the night before. Meal plan, as I've already mentioned. Align with the partner on weekly activities to determine who's responsible for what. Some people also choose to get up 30 minutes before their family to make lunches. And also get yourself ready both mentally as well as physically to tackle the day head on. And what's also useful is having a list of the minimum tasks you need to get done. So if everything goes wrong, you can still feel like you're on top of things. Number four, agreeing to share the mental load with your partner. There's something like women wear or mothers wear like 80% of the mental load uh, in running a household. And definitely by having open communication with your partner around all things concerning your family and the household is vitally important. Share all the tasks that need to be done in managing and running a household. All childcare and family household responsibilities should not fall to you alone, mama, and be an agreed split between you and your partner. There needs to be mutual respect and understand to share the juggle between both parents. It shouldn't just be one or the other because that's also the way the society thinks that you should do it. It's about what works for you, your family. There may be, it might be, say, a 60-40 split. It doesn't need to necessarily be 50-50, but at least it's agreed between the two of you. Now, some tips to start sharing the mental load is writing a list of all the tasks that need to be done, such as washing, ironing, cleaning, childcare drop-offs, paying bills, budgeting. So it's not just the physical things, it's also... Uh, you know, like the, the cleaning that everyone instantly goes to. It's all those little things as well, the admin tasks in the background, even the car servicing, the, the who's going to negotiate the electricity counts, the internet. It's those little things that really start to add up. So write the list down of all the things that you do between yourself and your partner. And then next step, discuss who enjoys doing what task and agree on that split. And you really try and make sure in this that it's an, an relatively even split. I know my husband, for example, he loves looking at the electricity accounts, understanding how much usage we've had. So I let him go for his life on and organizing all that because for me, it's not my interest area. But things like maybe private health insurance and negotiating that, that's more something that would uh, be of interest to me. And also I do the family budget because my husband in his role probably does three spreadsheets a year where I've got a lot more experience in that area. So it's also about that sharing and that split um, in, um, in sharing the mental load. What's also important is that you empower each other for your agreed tasks. And as much as you might want to take over, resist the urge and give kudos to each other along the way for a task done and use positive reinforcement. Like my husband does all our washing. Yes, there's some times that I'm like, oh, why is he doing it this way? Or do we have to do this on a particular day? But you know what? The washing's been done. He takes ownership for it. So I'm not going to interfere. It's also a really handy thing. Um, I would also then suggest reviewing after an agreed period of time, say four to six weeks, about how that sharing of uh, activities is going you may want to review the list of saying oh it's actually I really enjoy doing x or look I'll now take over this or look if your partner's really wanting to say do more cooking go for his life you know let him do it for example I've also got a podcast episode on this with Dr. Dr. Robin so highly recommend checking out that episode Number five, have a tribe and support network. I'm sure every mama out there has heard the statement, it takes a village to raise a family. And oh my goodness, this is so true. 
And with this, it's important that you ask for help as much as possible. Asking for help is actually not a weakness. Look at it as a strength. And asking for help is definitely something that we all need to do in being able to have a successful career, manage a family, and also having time for you, mama. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Having people you can rely on to help out with the kids is crucial to helping manage the juggle. Lean on your support network when you need them and don't try and do it all by yourself. It'll never work. A good friend of mine, actually, I think the first time I met her at Mother's Group, she said by asking for help, that actually allowed other people into her life um, because actually accepted that yeah, she did need help. So then the more that she was accepting help, the more people were willing to offer because if you've offered someone help and they've said no, you're probably not going to offer again. So it's one of those things. It's actually asking for help. Look at it as a strength, not as a weakness. Some around the tribe, enlist the help of family and friends where you can. It certainly takes a community to raise a child. So reach out to yours. You, you will be able to repay the favours in your own way. And fellow working mums and your child friendship network will understand and support you and help you, no doubt, in sharing the load. Remember that good communication is critical in any situation and this applies with your tribe. Think of it as having your own team and you need to work together. Check in with your partner regularly about how you're going and if you need more or less help with anything in particular. Also, it's important to catch up with your inner circle to check out and see how everything's going for them. Importantly as well is thanking your tribe from time to time, whether it's a box of chocolates for the parents or a bottle of wine for a friend that's helped out recently because it's just nice to show gratitude and to be thankful and to really show that thanks about how much their help and support is really enabling you and your family to live in your best life. Also, having um, different care arrangements uh, is certainly helpful. Uh, a recent podcast that I've done with Carmen Pascoe looks at this. It's not just necessarily one childcare arrangement that you need to have. We're also thinking about it from mixed care. I know me personally, I use a variety of childcare uh, as well as grandparents. And sometimes I've also lent on my aunties and also my sister as well. So we have this little tribe and community that I know that my son is familiar with and then it allows my husband and I sometimes not only to work, but also go out and have some couple time. Some mixed care arrangements, if you're looking for ideas, may include childcare or after-school care, grandparents, a nanny or au pair that also lives in with you, babysitter, friends, family, and really whatever works for your family. But just think about it as maybe that mixed care arrangements um, and certainly communicating, engaging with your tribe and don't take them for granted because I'm sure in life you don't like being taken for granted and they won't either. Number six, mindset. This is huge. Uh, during a lot of the podcasts I do, things really come back to, no matter the topic, mindset and communication. And I think really having that growth mindset um, over a fixed mindset is vitally important. And it's really important that you are kind to yourself, mama. And do me a favor and repeat this daily. I am a great mum. I am a great mum. We all know that things hardly go to plan in life. And trust me, I'm the first one to believe this. As much as you've got a plan, things do happen. 
but be prepared to be agile and willing to change based on the children's needs and trust your gut feelings because usually your gut is right. As moms, we become experts at rolling with the punches and facing challenges as they are thrown at us. So if planning things down to the last detail doesn't work for you, don't fight it. Fighting to stick with plans while life throws inevitable twists and turns, which causes stress, guilt, worry, frustration, you often end up getting nowhere but all upset in the process. So mama, remain flexible, adapt to the changing needs on both sides so that you don't feel stressed by having to deviate from a rigid schedule. Enjoy the ride and most importantly, enjoy your family and life you're working hard to create for them. Have that positive growth mindset. Put yourself first um, occasionally. I know it sometimes it can be hard. Um, and that's what also when I was having a chat with Laura from the Fit Mama Lifestyle a couple of weeks ago said, uh, it's actually reframing your thinking from actually putting yourself last and say getting ready. You be the first one to get ready. And then that way it also reframes your thinking. But mama, don't be too hard on yourself. Remove those expectations. You are doing what is best for your family and really focus on your mindset sometimes. And even stop put, pressing pause. You don't have to be on that treadmill at 100 miles an hour. You are allowed to press pause. Just have some time out to get your mindset right. Um, I've done this a bit over the last six months because um, I've had some ups and some downs. But really reframing my thinking and just taking a moment, even just journaling, I find really helps my mindset when I'm probably not in a good headspace. Once I journal it, get it on the paper, I feel a hundred times better. So mindset I will do um, in a future podcast, but definitely it is so, so important um, and a big part of you believing yourself that you can have a successful career, that you are an amazing employee, that you are an amazing mama and that you do deserve to have some time for you. So yes, as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about this mindset topic. And number seven, let go of the guilt. Yes, I know that there is naturally, by being a working mum, there is naturally guilt. But you know what? Stay-at-home mums also experience guilt. We get guilt as parents about what we should be doing. But as I commented recently on Instagram on a recent post, we should actually remove the word should from our vocab. Um, as a parent, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. Again, that comes back to our mindset about what we think that we should be doing. When in fact, we're living the life that we should, where we are in at the moment. See, I accidentally bring in should. But it's really important that, uh, you know, we lose some of that guilt um, and don't feel guilty. And don't also let others make you feel guilty. Stay in your own lane, live in the moment. Um, because no doubt, if you're happy and enjoying life, that will also then rub off on both your family, your kids and everyone else around you. And I know it's going to be easier said than done, but when we concentrate on work and we know that work is work, but then also then we're with the kids, we concentrate on them. Yes, with COVID recently, the lines between work and life are a lot more blurred, but also I've heard the term about work-life integration. And for me, I think that's what it is, work-life integration. You also have a choice and if necessary, change things that aren't working. It might not be able to be done immediately, but start taking steps towards the change required to make it work better. It is important to remember that we're all doing the best that we can with what we've got and we don't need to feel guilty about it and we shouldn't feel guilty about it either. 
Another tactic is also about letting go of perfection and reviews, refuse to bow to the infamous mum guilt. Don't be too hard on yourself if your children have scrambled eggs or wheat bix for a dinner after a daycare or work day. You know what? So be it. They're fed. If you need your child to watch TV so you can finish something, that's okay too. Tell yourself that it's just temporary and find a positive in any negative or curveball that comes your way. It is important to understand that you don't have enough time to do amazing at everything and it's, you can't do it all. You know, it's, it's also about the balance that you have. Allow some days to be an absolute circus, but then start the next day with a nice coffee, bit of a quiet moment before the house wakes up and then you're ready to face the day head on is what I earlier said. Also, mama, lower your expectations of what your house needs to look like and better yet, get the cleaner, get a cleaner to take the pressure off. A big thing as well that I've found about the guilt is about knowing my why. I have found that I am a better mum, wife, colleague, sister, friend by working because I want that mental stimulation. I want that outlet. I know that I couldn't be a mum that works 24, um, that is a stay at home mum. I just don't have it in me. I know that I need that outlet, but you know what? I actually have so much respect for all stay at home mums because I think that's a hell of a tough gig and you don't get paid except for in cuddles and hugs. So you know what? Know your why. Um, and I've done an earlier episode on this, but it's also around the, the Simon Sinek golden circle. It's not what you do, but why, why you're working. It might be also for financial reasons. It might be because of like myself, because you actually need it for your own mental stimulation and your own mental health. Um, so understanding your why I believe also helps with overcoming some of that mum guilt. Number eight, set boundaries. Try to set boundaries between work and home life, which have become blurred a little recently. For example, some people define that they won't work on their days off and evenings are focused on family. If you're working from home, if you can work in a study or a room that is separate from the main living area. And at the end of the day, turn off your computer, don't look at your work phone and close the door to that room and just say to yourself, I'm done for the day. And you could even uh, enter the room and say, hi family, I'm home. I know Emma McQueen um, talks about this on when we had the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So this way as well, you have a physical and mental separation from work. Another trick that I actually also like to use after hearing this from one of the, the mama tricks was that when you get home from work or about to go to pick up your kids, change into your casual clothes, out of your work clothes to help change your mindset from work to family. I do this as soon as I get home from work, even now after I've been working, say in the study um, at the end of the day, I'll come downstairs, I'll put on my tracky dacks, my best, you know. 10 year old trackies that I've got. And that for me is mum mode. I'm then it, I'm, I've put work aside. I've got out of my work clothes and I've made that mental separation and really left that boundary. I also try not to look at my work phone at night. Um, Cause I know that that odd time that you do, you see that email and you're like, Oh no, should I answer it? Should I not? And that's what you then go to bed thinking about, which you're not going to be necessarily writing back that night. So just leave the phone, turn it over unless you're on call or, or something like that. You obviously need your phone, but it's, it's about setting those boundaries and how you can help you both mentally um, as well as physically. 
Now, number nine, flexible work arrangements with an employer. You've heard me talk about this quite a bit over the last few weeks on the podcast. Um, and this is definitely a big part of also strategies in managing the juggle. Agree on flexible work arrangements with your employer to ensure that your employer knows that the agreed upon, say, for example, early starts or early finishes are non-negotiable. Put it in your calendar. Make sure that it's blocked out. People know when you are available, when you're not. And also don't be afraid to own your own arrangements and set expectations with colleagues. I work three days a week now and a lot of people know, yep, Monday, Friday, Karina's not around. And then as soon as Tuesday morning hits, I can then return calls. If there's something that's happening on the, either of those days that I'm usually not working, I can make an exception. But it's definitely my preference because I've also set those boundaries that I won't work those times unless it's really required. It's important as well to regularly communicate with your colleagues and so that they know when you are and not available. I often as well use an out of office and find this very helpful. Being open with your manager when you might be struggling or need time off allows you to also have a good working relationship. There's that honesty and trust factor. Be strong with work and also if you have a partner with their work too about what your work hours and your need for flexibility where possible to cater from the inevitable child illnesses and injuries or just wanting to be part of their extracurricular activities sometimes. I know between my husband and I, we've shared the, the sick days when our son hasn't been able to go to childcare because of illness. We said one day, we looked at both, both of us looked at our calendars. My husband one day had less meetings, so he took the first day and I took the second day. But it's really about that compromise um, and also about being flexible with work. I also look at it as debits and credits in, um, from a mental perspective of, yep, yeah, you can work a few extra hours, but then if you need to take something back, you know, you've, you've got that option um, and also being flexible allows that. Um, I've also got a good working relationship with my organisation. Um, I've got the credibility, so it also helps me there. But definitely, if you're wanting to look at flexible work arrangements, here are some three steps to negotiating flexible work. Number one, have an informal conversation with your manager to gauge their interest. Number two, for follow-up conversation to gain more understanding. And number three, submit that formal request for flexible work. Really understanding that it's a, a, it needs to be a win-win on both sides. There may need to be a little bit of give and take, but understanding the organisation's needs and why they may want you for that, say, 9am Monday morning meeting, uh, whereas then you may need, need to leave early on that Monday um, for childcare considerations and things. So really making sure that it's not just you setting up just what works for you, but also you've got another party that you need to take into consideration because it's just like you, if you, someone came to you with a, a proposal that you had no inputs in, you'd probably get a little bit annoyed. So that's also why the collaboration and flexible work um, is certainly also important. And flexible work just isn't about working from home. There's so much more to it. I highly recommend checking out my recent podcast that I did with Vanessa Vanderbeek, um, who is responsible and the founder of National Flexible Working Day. And last but not least, though, probably the one that I'd say is one of the most important things of managing the juggle is self-care. Including self-care for you, mama, at least once a week to fill your cup. As the famous saying goes, you can't pour from an empty cup. Self-care is so important and our happier mama means happier kids. Make sure you put aside you time that when you need it and feel no guilt in heading out with your husband or girlfriends just for some you time. There should be no time 
the guilt being a working parent. Remind yourself that this is only temporary and believing that your hard work will pay off and create a better life for yourself, partner and friends. Self-care is so, so important, not only for your physical, but also your mental health. It's full on being a parent. It's full on being an employee and life these days is just even harder in itself. So managing life yourself and work is full on and it can be quite overwhelming. And the the start of 2020 has been a pretty full on year. So that's why it's important that mama, you take some time out for you. You know what works for you, how you're able to refill that cup. Because as I said earlier, you can't pour from an empty cup and you need to make sure you keep filling up that cup on a regular basis. A cold cup of coffee is no fun to drink. Much, uh, much prefer a hot cuppa. So that's why you need to make sure that you keep your cup hot. You keep pouring um, extra hot water and, and tea in if you need be, um, if, you, if you're a tea drinker. But really, mama, work out what works for you for self-care because it might sound like you've got half an hour to go for a run. It might You might feel guilty. But mama, don't feel guilty because you time is so important to be able to um, re- recharge the batteries um, so you can actually then wear all those hats. And some self-care ideas are exercise. I know personally I love going for a good run. Practicing mindfulness, date night with a partner, a night out with friends, read a book, listen to a podcast, enjoy a cup of tea or coffee on your own. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything long. It could even be five minutes just on your own or watching a Netflix um, episode. Um, Get your husband or partner maybe to take the kids for half an hour and you can just have a quiet house for a period of time. Do whatever works for you and that's what's important. And self-care is going to be another topic that I will um, start focusing on as well um, and we'll get a podcast guest. So just to recap the 10 strategies to managing the juggle, and these aren't the only 10 strategies, but these are what I've collated um, from all the stories that I've done and there's a lot. So number one, have a schedule and plan out for the week. Number two, meal planning. Number three, organisation. Four, agree on sharing the mental load with your partner. Five, have a tribe and support network. Six, focus on a growth mindset. Seven, let go of the guilt. Eight, set boundaries. Nine, arrange flexible work arrangements with your employer. Ten, practice self-care. So, Mama, there it is. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode uh, around 10 strategies to managing the juggle. I would also love to hear from you about how you're going in managing the juggle, if you've got any other strategies, and feel free to jump onto my website or onto any of the links that I've got in the show notes to share with you um, your story. Um, Each week, I profile um, a working mama using the same uh, five questions. It's very short, doesn't take you too much time, but I think that by sharing and normalizing some of the experiences and the hardships and the challenges that we've all been through also makes you feel not so isolated and alone. So mama, love to share your story. Um, And also just feel free to reach out, send me a DM and let me know how you're going. And that's it for today. Look forward to speaking with you again soon. Have a great week. See you later. Bye.